It's science. All right, it's your host here, Justin Romare with the Starving Podcast. My good friend is with me today, as usual. Jordan, how are you? What's going on? Jordan is um, in Prague, right? Yeah, still here for the time being. <laughs> Going to get his PhD soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. It's a plan. Going to be home. Hopefully, Justin and I will be recording this podcast on the same continent in a few months. So that's going to be a nice nice little treat. Yeah, that's going to be sweet. That's going to be sweet. Um, so we have a good podcast today. We're, um, we're going to be talking about intermittent fasting. Um, and the reason that we wanted to discuss this, we, we went over it slightly um, in our very first podcast. So go back and check out that episode where we compared different diets. But uh, it's a very popular diet right now. And we want to sort of, um, you know, provide our listeners with um, some factual information about why this diet works, um, how it works, and then if they can incorporate it into their lifestyle, how they might be able to do that and how they might be able to adhere to the diet long term. And in efforts to do this um, and provide the most accurate information, not only did we look into the literature, um, but I also um, decided to do the diet myself um, for um, 10 weeks. And, um, you know, after doing the diet for 10 weeks, I decided that, um, honestly, it was just something that was pretty easy for me to follow. Um, and it, you know, it, it really, um, you know, it's something that fit my lifestyle. So I just continued to do it. And here we are, I'm, I'm doing it today. I haven't eaten yet. It's about, um, it's 8:38 here, but I won't eat until about 12. So, uh, and I, and I feel good. I don't feel overly hungry or anything like that. So, um, let's hop on in, huh, Jordan? Hell yeah, let's do it. That's a that's really cool that you're able to make the diet work into your um, into your schedule. I've actually I've pulled a, quite a few of the students here, and they're saying something similar that they'll maybe stop eating around um, you know ten nine ten at night and then eat the rest of the day. So, what was so we, you introduced the idea of intermittent fasting. So maybe give us an idea about your time breakdown. So when was your last meal? When was your, uh, when was your morning meal or afternoon meal? And did you do any larger fast to kick it off? Because I've also seen that some people will do like a, like a, you know, cleansing fast of maybe tw- uh, 24 hours or something like that. So let's break it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, There's a couple of different definitions. Um, So there's intermittent fasting. And intermittent fasting is basically, um, you know, a period in which you do not eat uh, for large amounts of time and then a period where you can eat. But um, to define that differently than uh, time-restricted feeding, um, you have to make sure that if you're doing intermittent fasting, you're at a caloric deficit. So you're eating less calories um, than you normally would be because the time restraint of you not eating doesn't allow you to get in enough calories. Okay. So what that looks like is something like six, uh, people call it a 16, eight split. So it's where you're not eating for 16 hours and you're able to eat for eight hours. So for me, I'm able to eat from 12 o'clock, which is around lunchtime to about eight o'clock at night. Um, this is, uh, pretty standard. So basically for some people, it's just skipping breakfast. Other people that eat two meals, some of our performance athletes, um, it's 
you know, skipping two, two meals in the morning. But for most people, it's just skipping breakfast. It's pretty cool. You eat till eight. Yeah, yeah. It's and it, it's it's um, you know you really do get used to it. Um, you know, to to truly do it, um, you, you want to um, just drink water. Um, some people also drink coffee. I drink coffee with it because I can't I can't get up in the morning without having a human. cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so I have uh, a couple cups of coffee throughout the morning, um, two cups. Uh, but coffee is a xenobiotic, which means it's a, you know, a substance foreign to the body that you're intaking. So it, it does start um, some different metabolic processes. So technically, uh, even though it's no calorie, if you're drinking it straight black, yeah. um, it's, it's not technically... Um, allowed in the period but you know people have different thoughts either way if intermittent fasting um, is to put you at a caloric deficit because of the time then it's still all the same right because black coffee has is calorically neutral so um, that's really the definition of intermittent fasting versus time-restricted feeding Um, and I really wanted to find the difference between these two because in time-restricted feeding right there is no caloric deficit. You are eating the same amount of calories that you were when you were eating all day long, okay? But you're decreasing, um, you know, you're changing the time window that you're allowed to eat. So you still do 16-8 like intermittent fasting, but you're eating the same amount of food. Like you're basically taking that breakfast meal um, with all of your other meals and just eating that from 12 to 8. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're just getting you're getting all your getting all your work in, so you're still keeping those uh, those gains, as it were. You're just eating like a house, but doing it in a smaller window. I think that makes precisely. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, let's get into the oh geez, <clears throat> let's get into the uh, I'm fighting a cold here. Um, the specifics of your particular <laughs> uh, fasting and yeah, I know we're all gonna be coughing. Um, so Justin, I know you. You did the intermittent fasting, but um, I was also following you when you were doing that 40-hour fast. So can you, just for my own curiosity, I think some of the listeners too, can you explain how you did the fast, but also maybe some of the the mental the mental component of it too? Because, I mean, not eating when you, you know, when you wake up or before you go to bed at night. Um, yeah, so you want to take us through that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have a lot of data uh, from this period of time that's, you know, subjective based off of my experience and anecdotal, but also, you know, my blood work and other uh, metrics that um, we'll talk about. But basically, after the 10 weeks uh, was up, I decided that I was going to obviously get all the of the data that that we're going to describe. But I also decided that I would do a total 48 hour fast. So where I'm not taking in any calories for 48 hours. So I did intermittent fasting for 10 weeks and in 48 hours, only coffee and water. And, um, yeah, you know, people have talked, you know, it was, it was rough. It wasn't easy, especially, uh, the night of the first day. Um, but you know, well, the, the accountability was there, right? Because I posted on social media through our company um, consistency breeds growth and well as well through my own profile that I was doing it and I had people asking me questions about it and things like that so it it really helped me stay accountable and this is something that works really well if you're gonna start a diet and you want the accountability um, 
you know, you have your coach, right? If you hire a coach, yeah. but also tell your friends and family and everybody what you're doing so that if there are cookies around, you know, they're looking at you, yeah. you know what I mean? And this is what I did to, to sort of get through it. So mentally it definitely was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, I found, I found my way, uh, way through it. And, um, so that, that's what the 48 hour fast really looked like. I found that I was a little bit restless at times. Um, you know, there, there are a number of different reasons that, uh, you know, that, that could be, um, a factor. Um, one is, you know, there, there's basically, you're not taking any protein and protein, you have tryptophan, yeah. um, right. This is what everybody talks about. Turkey Thanksgiving makes you tired, which has been proved to be a myth, but <laughs> anyway, tryptophan, uh, which is in all kinds of different proteins, not just Turkey is not being digested and absorbed because I'm fasting. Mm-hmm. And tryptophan is actually the precursor to serotonin in the body, which is the precursor to melatonin in the body. And melatonin is obviously, um, you know, a compound that, um, you know, it it regulates sleep and is uh, secreted uh, and synthesized in the body to allow people to sleep right before bed. And this is based off of your body's circadian rhythm. You know, it knows, oh, you know, there's no blue light around. What's going, you know, what's going on? Oh, time for bed. And then, groovy, you know, hanging out. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's really great. I think that, um, I've also read some things and again, we'll get in, into this in the next podcast, but that when your body isn't processing food, we don't realize, I mean, we eat all the time. So when you take away that, that metabolic process, you know, you're effectively just saying to your body, okay, figure it out and direct all that energy that it has to run its base metabolism uh, you know, away from dige- digesting food. And that's such a, takes so much, so many calories to uh, to digest a big meal, especially if you're eating that the big turkey dinner or uh, we just got past the new year, so uh, goose here. But um, all right, I like this. So let's talk about your blood work first. So I know okay. when we, uh, right when we took the, uh, when we first did the, the regular human experiment podcast, we talked about getting some of the blood work. So just real briefly, walk us through your, uh, the panel that you got done, I think, and you got done sometime in November, I believe. And then you had it's, uh, the later half and, uh, yeah, if, if you saw any change, uh, yeah, yeah, spill it. Um, so yeah, this is a, um, a good way to measure health. You know, it's not the, um, it's not going to give you all the information that you need about your health, but it is the first indication when going to the doctor, um, you know, to, to, you know, tell you where your health situation is and what could be the cause of maybe some symptoms you might be having or, um, you know, anything really. But, uh, basically you go to the doctor and you get what's called a metabolic panel it's pretty straightforward. I'm sure most of our listeners have gotten this before and know what a metabolic panel is. Um, but there are obviously different markers and things that people can adjust for. And typically, um, you know, the, the first thing that they um, adjust for is, um, or, or they, they measure is, you know, your glucose standard metabolic panel, your creatinine, which is um, our creatinine, people say it both ways, um, which measure, which, which measures, uh, you know, kidney function, liver enzymes like ALT, AST, which are um, liver enzymes. Um, and then obviously your lipid panel, which um, is the first indicator um, of heart disease, 
um, you know, cholesterol, yeah. HDL, which is the good cholesterol, LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, and your triglycerides. So this is, um, you know, one of the first indicators of, of heart disease, this type of uh, lipid panel. And um, I have blood work from when I started um, and also when um, I stopped uh, or, or when I went to get the data after the, the 10 weeks. Yeah. Um, so I basically went in as well after a 48 hour fast. So wow. like typically to have you fast overnight and you go and get your blood work in the morning, I was fasting for 48 and then went in. Um, so the, the, the level, the, the difference, um, between some of my, uh, markers are, um, you know, they, they've changed and, uh, the, the first one is, um, the blood glucose. So this measures basically glucose within the blood. Um, so carbohydrates, um, are our main source of fuel for recovery and for activity. Um, when, when we're, when we're doing exercise, right. Um, especially, you know, high intense exercise and, um, you know, a lot of people that develop, uh, are, are pre-diabetic or have diabetes. This is an indicator, um, you know, that you might be, you know, developing diabetes or be pre-diabetic. Um, and typically the range, uh, for this is between 65 and 99 milligrams per deciliter. And my value prior, um, was 93. And after fasting for 48 hours, of course, my body is not getting any carbohydrates, right? All carbohydrates eventually break down into glucose. So my body's not getting any carbohydrates. My glucose level was actually 72. So this is only a, almost a 20 point difference. That's a huge, huge, um, you know, orders of magnitude uh, different than, um, than prior. So this was exciting. Um, and then uh, just a few of the other markers, mm -hmm. um, that changed drastically. All of my blood work was within range, but, uh, the numbers that got better also include cholesterol. So my cholesterol, um, pro uh, their standard range is 125 to 200 milligrams per deciliter. It was 158 prior. And after the 10 weeks, it was actually 132, that's, which is that's pretty great. insanely uh, low cholesterol. And then my HDL. Uh, actually went up, which is good because that's the good cholesterol. Go, went from 71 milligrams per deciliter to 78. And then my LDL cholesterol went from 70, which is the bad cholesterol. LDL cholesterol is the bad cholesterol. Went from 77 um, actually down to 71. And my doctor was actually saying while I was in there is that I probably have a, geno, uh, a gene um, that uh, allows me to really... Um, essentially pass LDL very well. Um, I have very good LDL clearance, which is a good thing because yeah. LDL is the bad cholesterol. People that don't, we talked about this um, in one of our earlier podcasts uh, that have like familial hypocholesterolemia um, can actually have really high LDL levels, which puts you at risk for heart disease. So a lot of numbers really improved. I was really happy about this. Um, and it shows that, you know, th this works. And, and keep in mind, I was at a caloric restriction. I was doing intermittent fasting. I wasn't doing time-restricted feeding. I was eating less. So that, that also plays a role here. Yeah, that's great. I think that um, it's something, you know, hopefully our listeners will appreciate and, and maybe go and explore on their own. It, it's just, it's invaluable information. And, you know, we can 
you can read all you want, but when you when you want to put the the rubber to the road, so to speak, um, it's great to actually have the data on paper. So I know you mentioned the glucose and uh, your time restricted feeding. So how how was your training during all this? Were you still demolishing workouts like I, I know you can do, or were you kind of feeling sluggish? What's uh do you have any metrics for that or um, yeah? Tell us about that. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of it's sort of based off of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit, a bit anecdotal and subjective. I didn't like test any new workouts, but yeah, um, my strength numbers were definitely lower mm-hmm. um, because I was training in the morning before I ate anything. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. So and, and um, you know there is a lot of evidence out there. So like you know when you go into ketosis, right? So um, when you're doing, um, you know, any type of fasting, um, your body starts to run off of, off of fat, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this, um, this allows, you know, this puts BHT in the body and, and ketones in the body. And these are supposed to, um, you know, uh, enhance, uh, you know, cardiorespiratory output. Um, and it, you know, changes your metabolic flexibility. You run off of carbs and then your body starts to learn off or run off of fat, which is good because based off of different, you know, workout domains, you might be able to, uh, your body will be able to pick what substrate it wants to, to use for a particular workout. And it's going to pick the more superior substrate if you have good metabolic flexibility. Um, you know, this is why people that just run off of carbs all the time, they get hungry, right? They're eating carbs and then th- their carbohydrate source runs out from their previous meal. They've broken it all down. They're hungry again. They want more carbs. Um, so yeah. So I thought this was this was was kind of cool. But uh, so so my cardiorespiratory endurance was elevated, um, and um, you know there are some other reasons that we won't get into today of why um, you know working out fasted in the morning, like when you do monostructural work, you bike, run, or whatever it is, is, mm-hmm. is good. It's based off of your mitochondria. But, um, you know, the strength work, however, was very impaired. And this is consistent with the data I've seen in the scientific literature that uh, people just, they, they're not as strong um, when they don't have um, food prior, primarily yeah. carbohydrate prior to um, training. So everybody's different, but I mean, that's, that's something that's pretty universal, especially when you're talking to, uh, some of the CrossFit athletes, the higher level ones in their bodies, like machines. So strength and conditioning kind of, we whack that out. So these next three, I'm just going to, I want to bundle all together. So, mm-hmm. you know, you weren't eating in the morning. So for me, if I'm not, if I'm not eating, if I'm hungry, sometimes, um, it's a little harder for me to sleep. So did you have any trouble with that? And maybe piggybacking off of the sleep, you know, is the irritability. So did you drive your wife crazy by like storming around the house because you're hungry? Or can you maybe uh, give us some, an explanation for the two of those? How you were yeah. Doing? Yeah, the sleep w- was tough, for, especially for the 48-hour fast. It was okay during intermittent fasting, and I, I fall asleep fine now, no problem. Um, and like I said before, that tryptophan getting protein, uh, it's not there. So if you're not getting tryptophan, you're not synthesizing melatonin. So this was definitely a challenge. Um, I, I wouldn't find myself overly irritable. Um, you know, like the hangry 
people get hangry, you know, my body, you know, it started to learn how to, you know, legitimately I was feeding myself. I was feeding off of myself for the 48 hour fast. Pre-metal. You know what I mean? Like, like my that. body learned how to process fat better yeah. and therefore it was able to take, you know, from the fat on my body and use it as fuel. Um, with that being said, um, you know, I did find myself moving a little bit slower the second day of the 40 hour fast. I was pro like you, and you'll see this with like UFC and professional Bellator, uh, fighters on in, in MMA when they do a weight cut, yeah. um, they're, they're blinking slower and bodybuilders, they're blinking slower. They're talking slower. Um, and this is, I did find this to be the case. So yeah, it was, it was, a, a you know, a bit exhausting, but, um, you know, I also did it with another client of mine and, um, you know, I, I stuck through and, um, it, it was good. It, it was a good overall experience. I, you know, I would recommend everyone try a long fast, like 24 hours or something, um, every couple of months, um, to kind of, it's supposed to clear out a lot of damaged DNA and, you know, autoimmune cells and these types of things, which is why in the next podcast, part two of this, we'll go into some of the metabolic diseases that intermittent fasting and fasting for long periods, um, how they, they, they could be uh, used as a sort of treatment to negate some of the, um, you know, symptoms people experience and some of the disease, human diseases um, that are taken over yeah. the United States at this point, you yeah. know. Hell yeah. Um, so that my next probably, probably my final question, I think probably the most important. So body composition, did you get like super like Jesus lean and shredded doing this or? Uh, did you, yeah, yeah did you, like just fill me, fill me in what's, what's going on with it? Yeah. So, um, I definitely lost a good bit of weight. Um, and I lost, I went from about 181 to, uh, 176 for the intermittent fasting period. So that's where I was on a caloric restriction based off of the time I was eating for 10 weeks. So it's about a pound every two weeks or so, which I was happy with, yeah. you know, um, I felt good, um, you know, and we obviously talked about a lot of the metrics before, but, um, you know, it, it was because I was at a caloric restriction. It's really the only way to to really lose weight. Um, it, as calories in versus calories out, right? You have a certain number of calories in, you're, ex, uh, you know, you're expelling more calories than you're taking in, which I was because I was eating less on the intermittent fasting and therefore I lost weight. I lost another four pounds um, when I was doing the 48-hour fast. Whoa. So, yeah. So if you think about um, 3,500 calories is one pound uh, approximately. Uh, so even if I'm not eating 3,500 calories in those two days, that's only two pounds. So you have to think about where I was losing some of the other uh, weight. And typically, uh, it's one from water is definitely a huge possibility. Um, it's, it's really hard to drink enough water when you're fasting because your body's not getting water from food, right? If you look at the, um, the pathway of carbohydrate, it gets broken down into glucose plus water, right? So when you're taking in food and taking carbohydrate, your body is making water. If you're not eating, you're not getting water. And also food has a decent amount of water in it on its own. Um, so it was hard to drink enough water. So make sure if you're doing this, you drink plenty of water. Intermittent fasting or a long fast, like 24 hours, 48 hours, you have to be drinking plenty of water. 
Um, and um, yeah, I would say that that's where some some um, some weight loss was because yeah. after I finished with the 48 hour fast, I started, you know, eating, drinking water. I started to put that little bit of weight back on and also glycogen. So you have carbohydrate that gets broken down to glucose and then glucose gets, um, you know, synthesized into, um, you know, a, a macromolecule called glycogen that's stored in your muscles. And this is what helps fuel, um, you know, activity, you know, when you're exercising. And since I was exercising, but I wasn't eating, my glycogen in my muscles was depleted in this likely, and this holds a lot of water as well. Glycogen yeah. holds, I believe, three grams of water per gram of glycogen. So, um, you know, this is, you know, about 8.3 pounds I lost. And yeah, it was, I looked, you know, leaner for sure. Nice. Um, and felt good about it. So. But yeah, it do, definitely does help a body composition for sure. That's really all you can hope for, especially, I mean, you stuck with it for pretty, pretty long time. I know there's a challenge going on at my gym now where they're uh, experimenting with intermittent fasting and they've done mm -hmm. a few longer, um, a few longer fasts as well. I forget the split now. I think they're in the third or fourth week, but shout out to CrossFit Committed in Prague because there's a whole bunch and they, uh, I follow the posting there just to make sure, you know, keep them, keep them all accountable, but, um, they're, they're giving it hell. So I'm, I'm really proud of them. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So like Justin mentioned, we're going to be going into a deep dive into some of the topics we hit on today. Uh, Justin and I have been getting ready for the very deep dive on the intermittent fasting and we're going to, it's going to be a longer podcast. We want to keep it nice and short for you guys today. And yeah. yeah so Justin, you want to add anything more on your, uh, on your life changing and like Jesus leaning experience with this before we wrap this, this bad boy up. Yeah, I think it could work. This could work for a lot of people. So just to recap, intermittent fasting is a um, caloric restrictive diet where you eat less food than you, you, you were prior to starting the diet. And that's because you, you're not able to eat in a particular time window and you can try 16 to eight. It's probably the easiest. And then, um, you know, after you do that, maybe you go to an even longer split where you're not eating 18 hours, not eating, um, and six eating, right? And some people even go 24, right? Where they're just eating from like two to six and they're fasting the rest. Um, you know, if you're going to try this, you know, definitely reach out to one of our coaches. We can definitely give you some information or you can sign up with one of our coaches, uh, so we can walk you through it. There are a lot of things like hyponatremia where people aren't getting in enough, of their micronutrients, which, um, you know, in the long term can really affect health, right? You may go to the, get your blood work and your sodium, potassium and all your other levels are fine. Um, but, um, you know, in the long term, people are, you know, scientists are still doing studies to show that the amount of micronutrients that you're getting in each day is very important for, um, you know, chronic health. You know what I'm saying? You want to be um, making, making sure you're having enough of those micros. And, um, you know, this could be as simple as taking a multivitamin. Um, but it could mean incorporating certain foods that are going to provide you with the right micronutrients. Um, and then obviously dehydration, which we, which we talked about before. And, um, you know, now our listeners know, uh, why, um, you know, dehydration is such a main, um, you know, thing to look out for when you're doing this type of fasting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so definitely drink a lot of water. Um, 
you know, and, and stay disciplined with it. Try it out. And uh, if you do, you know, let us know. And if you have any questions, let us know. Or sign up with one of our coaches. We're happy to help. Oh, yeah. Guys, it's it's January. It's the end of January. New decade, new year. Keep uh, keep listening to us. Um, as always, we're going to close the podcast out. You follow us on Instagram, The Starving Podcast. Three, uh, <clears throat> three words, two underscores. And if you have anything in particular you, you want to yell, at me about or at Justin especially because you know he's a he's a big guy talking right now our email is the starving podcast at gmail.com follow us on Instagram send us an email help keep yourself accountable and uh again getting ready Justin and I have a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff planned for 2020 so let's take it out it's gonna be good hell yeah all right guys we'll uh we'll talk to you soon catch you later peace bye science